This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 289, Ways to Reconnect After Porn Use in Marriage with Darcy Spafford. One of the perks of my job is getting to connect with so many marvelous women in this community. I hear from you with emails and direct messages. And can I just say, I am dying to have an in-person get-together when COVID goes away. Well, one can dream, and I certainly am. But over the last four years, I've had some direct messages that have nearly broken my heart. I hear from a lot of women who are in committed marriages, but they're feeling lost in their relationships thanks to porn use by their spouses. I've heard from so many who are seeking out more resources and ways to get help. And while I'm always happy to be a listening ear and a support, this is a topic that I don't have expertise in. And it's been on my mind for years to approach this topic in ways that could be both hope-giving and helpful. This is why I was thrilled when I got an application to be in the show from one of our fellow progressors, Darcy Spafford, who knows well the hardships that come with a spouse who struggles with porn use. Darcy is here to lend her own experience on how she and her husband rebuilt their marriage and restored their connection. And this after years of frustration and attempts of micromanaging, shame, and control not working well for either of them. You know, while the Spafford's results may not be possible or even wanted by those who listen who are in similar situations, if this is something that both partners want, Darcy shares how it's not only possible to reconnect, but to even create a better marriage than both of you thought possible. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I don't want you to just listen to this show. I want it to change you. This community of progressors empowers women to take on radical growth via sustainable changes. Are you motivated and ready to grow in your identity, purpose, and productivity? You can when you remember that life is about progress, not perfection. Progressors, can you believe it? This is episode 290, and that means we are so close to hitting a major, major milestone of 300 episodes and likely to hit that that milestone around our four-year anniversary mark of the podcast. So I want to spend the next six weeks around honoring the heck out of you. This community is what not only keeps the show going, but growing. Every single day from now until our 300th episode, I'm going to give thank you gifts away from my simple notebooks that are on the black market now to my canvas bags and even to my favorite beauty counter products. And then on our anniversary, our four-year anniversary, I'm going to have a massive three winner giveaway. And I will pull from that for that giveaway from all the reviews that have been left on the show ever, ever. So if you left one years ago, you're in the running for that bigger giveaway. We're going to have a page on my site that will share who is getting what gift on a rolling basis too. So that way we don't miss anybody. And here is what you can do to be part of our 300 celebration. Share the show, subscribe, leave a review, text or email about an episode to a friend. Any of those, any of those will qualify you to get one of the daily gifts. Again, share the show, 
and make sure you tag me, subscribe and email it to me, a screenshot, leave a review, text or email about the show to an to a friend. Even if those are private, you just email me and I'll share more about how to do that by going to aboutprogress.com slash 300 giveaway. Again, that's aboutprogress.com forward slash 300 giveaway. I'll have all the details on how to send in those private shares, the new subscriptions and more so that you can get one of our daily gifts. And again, if you want to be in the running for the big anniversary giveaway, the three winners, then that entails leaving a rating and review on the Apple podcast and iTunes. So again, more information on this, go to aboutprogress.com slash 300 giveaway to learn more. And I cannot wait to celebrate you, to celebrate us and about progress. Hi, I'm Darcy Spafford and I am a homeschool mom of eight. Um, My oldest is 15. My youngest is two. I've been married for 17 years and yeah, that's me pretty much. And you've been through a lot and man, like you, so you were homeschooling before COVID. Yes. Yep. Yes. It's our ninth year. So now everyone's going to want to know about that, <laughs> but here's the thing. You're not here to talk about homeschooling, although we might have to do that another time or even just me and you, but, uh, you're here because you reached out to me. You were one of our quote unquote regular listeners who put in an application to talk about how you learned as, a, as a marriage, as marriage partners, how to reconnect after porn use in within your marriage. And And this is a topic that has come up so much in my direct messages that I'm honored to receive from people. And to be honest with you, Darcy, I have not known how to respond to that. I have not felt equipped to help them, um, except to direct them to resources that I know about. But I, I thought it would be so powerful to hear right from someone who has gone through this and has not only persevered, but risen above and enriched your marriage because of it, not just in spite of it. So you're here to talk about that today. But first I thought it'd be nice to hear, like, as you've been sharing about this more open with your friends and your community, you know, is this a problem very few people go through or have you found it to be a way more common problem than even people think? As I opened up with my story and started talking to people about what was going on in my marriage, I found that so many people were dealing with it. I had people that would tell me that they'd never told anybody about it before and that they've kept it a secret forever. And, you know, parents are dealing with it with their teenagers. It's, it's Mm -hmm. so much more common than we think it is. And it's one of those things where during it, it feels so lonely. Like it Mm -hmm. feels like you're the only one dealing with it, but really it's, it's very, very widespread. Okay. I think that's a great way to begin just because that way people know you aren't alone and there are people either that, you know, personally, or that you are connected with who are dealing with this right now. And there are people to turn to and resources to have. So let's, let's kind of go back to a little bit of this beginning story. Like you, you thought like you were doing well in your marriage and then, you know, what was, what was happening? So we had been married for about, uh, five years when I first found out that my husband was struggling with pornography and we had three little kids, like two and a half and under. And, Mm. um, it was a really, really challenging time. And I just, I took it so personally and I, I made it mean so much about me. Like I thought it was, I wasn't good enough. I thought I wasn't, you know, meeting my husband's needs. Like, you know, maybe I should be doing, I 
I just took it so hard and I was so hurt and so angry and just, I mean, I just put everything into like trying to fix this problem. Okay. So you went from being, feeling like you were blindsided by it Mm -hmm. and then going right to fix it mode via controlling. Is that right? Yeah. So how did that work for you? (laughs) Right. It did not work very good. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it's funny because one of like, one of the big things is that I, I just felt like if I could just help him in some way to get better, that, that this would, it would go away. Right. So I thought if I could, you know, anytime that he wanted to be intimate, if I made myself available, that he, that that would help control the behavior. And I thought if I tried to alleviate, alleviate stress from our home life, that that would make it better. And I just put everything into trying to fix him. And in the end, it left me feeling very like bitter and resentful and disconnected from him. So I'm hearing you say, you know, codependency a little bit, sounds like, and controlling, trying to control the problem, do not fix the problem. It just enhances the disconnection. Yes. So what is the turning point? What was the turning point for you then? Because I'm sure that went on for a few years. Um, I'm thinking at least, right? So what was the turning point for you to go back to reconnection? Yeah, so I spent about five years in that space. And in those five years, we had um, another little girl and then we had twins. Wow. And it was the turning point was when my twins were probably like six months old. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, we had done 12 step groups. We had done, um, counseling. We have done, um, meeting with ecclesiastical leaders. You know, we, we had done all of the things like the checkbox things that needed to be done and it just wasn't working. And so the turning point for me was I was just like, honey, I am exhausted. I'm done trying to fix this. I'm done having this be the center of our lives. And the only thing that I think about, you know, it was something I thought about all the time and like it interfered with, you know, my parenting, my, um, just my relationships in general. And I was just like, I basically like gave it back to him and it was like, this is your problem. You know, I, I love you and I'm going to stay and I want to be with you, but I cannot fix this for you. And so it was that point where he began to kind of take ownership for it. And I released the control of, of the problem. Wow. Like I can't imagine how much courage that takes to do that, to release it. Um, and I want to talk more about how that has helped you in time reconnect. But before we do that, you know, when we were first going back and forth with our emails together, um, you wanted to make sure that we were clear about the language behind it. And as we go on throughout the rest of the interview, I want to make sure that we have highlighted why we're talking about porn use rather than porn addiction. And I think that probably interplays with this turning point that you two had as well, it seems like. So tell us a little bit about that. And then we'll go into some more ways that you reconnected. Yeah. So we try to not use the word addiction because addiction in and of itself is like you giving up your power. Like you are powerless to whatever it is that you are struggling with. And when you believe that about yourself, it just is hopeless, right? 
And as for me as a wife, when I looked at it as this, an addiction, I was like, oh, this is never going to go away. This is going to be in our marriage forever. And it's never going to get better. And so the more we, we researched and studied and stuff, we realized that pornography has really the same effects as like overeating does in your brain. And it's, and it's that you, um, when you stop using pornography or you stop overeating, really what you're dealing with is your emotions. Your pain. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. like you withdrawal symptoms, like if it was drugs or alcohol. So. And so with that reframing, did it help you both, you know, manage your side that you could then be in, you know, actually control, which was in your, in your side, only, only you and his side, only him. Yeah. So, so for me, I just, I just really gave it over to him. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I, I just am not, I'm just not going to try and, and control this. It's, it's, it's gotta be you. Like you've got to get to the bottom of why it is. And, and, and I'm going to work on me. I'm going to focus on what I can do to better my own self. Okay. This is wonderful because that's what I want our listeners to hear from this you know, they're going to have some tough choices ahead of them. We can't predict that this will help them reconnect or, you know, save their marriages, but they can still do everything in, in their power to actually control what they control, can control. So let's move into some advice that you would have for those women who are ready to, to do it in this different way of not trying to control or um, to even be codependent, but rather to look towards themselves and, and, and heal themselves so that, you know, their, their marriage has an even better chance of, of reconnecting. So I think one of the main things to do is figure out what you want, right? Do you want to stay in this marriage or do you want to leave this marriage? And whatever one you choose, do it from a place of love. Because I, I find that I know for me personally, in the beginning, I felt like I was a victim to Mm -hmm. my husband's choices and I felt powerless and I felt like I didn't have control, like I was stuck. And so once I realized like, no, I do have choices. I can, I can choose to move in with my parents and get on welfare and, you know, it wouldn't be easy, but I could choose that. But I am staying in my marriage and I'm choosing my marriage. And so when you own that choice, it's so much more powerful. Mm-hmm. That's a paradigm shift. This is something that uh, we talked about with a different lens, but with Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife, um, maybe last year, and we, we redid the interview again this year, we aired it because it was so good. Like how much that shifts your own perspective of your choices when you go from the victim to like, oh, I do have a choice. I have options. Yeah. This is what I want. Yeah. It's, it's huge, you know, and it's, and it's not going from like victim to like, then like the hero, the rescuer. It's yeah. like staying present in your own, like yourself. Like I like to call it ownership, like creating what you want. Okay. Okay. That's a great piece of advice. What else would you say? So this kind of goes back to what we talked about. Stop trying to control his behavior. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not your job, right? Like you got to look at it as your husband typically struggled with pornography well before you came into the, the, into your marriage. Mm -hmm. And 
therefore it's not your it's not your fault it's not your job to to try and fix it so how does that play into for people who are just living in that fearful place and they're like so do i not like do i do i just continue to bear the consequences like i want to stay in this marriage but then they're still not taking action that's just a little follow-up question i have for you like how could someone then navigate that from there if someone's not willing to do the work on their part so yeah that that is a really really great question so for me personally my husband was so willing to do the work and i mm-hmm. and i saw that but i would say if your spouse is not willing to do the work then it really boils down to do i want to stay because if you do want to stay you can still live in a marriage where your husband's looking at pornography like there are other marriages where you know pornography is okay right so it, it, it's it's tricky because you really have to decide, you know, for yourself, it's kind of like a boundary, you know, are, am, mm-hmm. I, am I willing to uphold the boundary of no pornography in my marriage? And if there is, then I will leave or, or how you want to handle it. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to what you want, that first pointer, what you want and what you can do out of love. And sometimes that love means knowing when it's time to move on and it's better for you or your kids to move on, but hopefully we can lead to more reconnection. You know, this is what we can build and what you have throughout your marriage. So let's talk about a next step that can instead help to build towards that reconnection. So I think it's so important to take time for ourselves. So oftentimes when husbands are looking at pornography, we think things like, if I go on this girl's trip, right, then Hmm. my husband might be tempted to look at pornography. Or if I, um, you know, just take time for myself, even like leave, leave my husband with the kids, like, will that be a temptation? And so a lot of times, like, I know for me personally, I would, I would forego all of those things because I was just, I just wanted to make sure that my husband didn't look at pornography. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as I've taken back that, um, the ownership of my own happiness, you know, like only I can create my own happiness, right? Like nobody else can. And so when I took back that power, I started figuring out, okay, what do I like doing? What, what brings me joy? Right. And then also you can look at that in your marriage. Like what, what parts of my marriage do I love? Mm -hmm. Right? Like if we only focus on the pornography, then it's sometimes we get blinders up and we can't see the, the, um, the good that is in our husbands. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's take a break for our place where you can feel empathy and compassion and love for your spouse you're going to get so much further and so much more connected to each other than if you're just like fighting. Like if you're just playing tug of war with each other all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, um, a way to do that is, is like, okay, what areas do I struggle with? Like, I'm not perfect, you know? So some women, they struggle with their weight or some women struggle with postpartum depression or just anxiety or just generalized depression. Right. And so it's like, 
how do I struggle and how would I want, how do I want my spouse to show up when I'm struggling? And then how can I be that person for my spouse? Mm -hmm. And one of the big, big, um, like aha moments that I had was actually last night, my husband and I were out for a walk and we were talking about emotions and like having the, the emotions of like connection and love and stuff. And we went back to when we were really struggling. And I realized that when my husband would come to me with emotions, I didn't like it. Mm. Like, like if I would, if he came to me and was like, honey, I'm really stressed out about work. Like, you know, maybe, maybe his boss, like gave him some feedback that wasn't positive. I tended to go into freak out mode. And so I wasn't, I wasn't allowing him to have negative emotions. Mm-hmm. I was then freaking out and then he was trying to make me feel better. And so once I realized that, you know, he can have his emotions and I can have my emotions and it's, and it's fair for us both to have feelings and, and not have to, to worry about making the other one feel better or worse, you know? Yeah. That, re- that reminds me of Brene Brown. I think this is from Daring Greatly where she talks about that problem. I think she had a man come up to her after a talk and just say, this doesn't work in my family, you know, and she was used to the t- normal answers, but she, he shocked her by saying, my wife wants me to die on my white horse, meaning my wife doesn't want me to be vulnerable. She doesn't like it. And if I ever try, then it's scary for them. If I have emotions and I'm weak and I'm not strong all the time. And so this to me is such a shift. You know, it is such a shift within a marriage and it creates more freedom to be real and to be yourself, but do it in a, in a way that you feel safe, which to me must be so healing after those years of that tug of war that you talked about. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is that pornography use is a symptom okay. of a greater problem. And yeah. a lot of it is them avoiding their emotion. And so it's like, if we're not willing to ha- let them have emotions, then it, it, it kind of like perpetuates the, mm-hmm. the cycle of, of pornography use too. So, mm-hmm. and that's one thing I think we, we can hope if, if your spouse is willing to do the work on their side, that they're getting the help they need to, to go to the heart of what really is going on and how mm-hmm. the porn use is a symptom. So what is the greater problem? They're getting the help they need there. Do you have any other advice for these women though, who can only start with themselves here? Yeah. So the last thing I would say is be patient with yourself, okay. right? And, and also be patient with your, with your partner if they're working on it. But, um, and what I mean by patient with yourself is, is how do you want to show up in your marriage? Mm-hmm. If, you know, when your husband comes to you and says, you know, something happened, do you want to show up in a way where you're like a raging lunatic and you're throwing things and you're angry, or do you want to get to a place where you can show up with love and compassion and empathy? And so also realizing that that kind of change in yourself takes time, right? Like it's not an overnight shift where Mm -hmm. you're just, you get from a place of like, I'm so upset about this too. I just feel love and empathy and compassion towards my spouse, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so it's just this process of of getting there. 
and embrace that. Like it's okay to have those, those down days too, when you're not so willing to show up with love, as long as you keep trying to move back towards that. Um, so Darcy, I'm sure many are curious to hear, you know, what is your marriage like right now? And I'm sure it's not, you know, rainbows and butterflies and unicorns and stuff, but you know, you, you reached out to us for a reason. And because the two of you are both willing to do your part, um, what is it like right now for the two of you? So it's amazing. Like it is, it is something that I could have never dreamed of when it was, when we were going through all of it, I thought, this is just hopeless. This is never mm. going to change. And now, I mean, we are way more connected. We are, um, our intimacy is, is real intimacy. Mm. Like it, it's the kind of intimacy that you dream of. And mm. it's, um, we're just happier. It's funny because not a whole lot has like, I can't pinpoint one thing that like, changed it. Right. Sure. But over the years of, of each of us working on ourselves and becoming more of a whole person, mm-hmm. it has, it has brought us together. So beautiful. And absolutely what I hope every marriage can evolve to, including my own too, Darcy, this is so beautiful and meaningful. Um, I, I wanted to ask one more question for those who are looking for more resources, uh, who has helped you? Like what kind of, you know, maybe public therapists or people's work that you follow that have been really helpful for you. And this will just be be more of like a, a brief list. Yeah. So I, I love, um, Dr. Julie Hanks. Like yeah. I listened to her interview on your podcast yeah, and she's amazing. So I started following her. I love Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife. Yes. Um, I'm a big, um, Jody Moore fan. And all those three women have a lot in common in terms of helping you be a real defined whole person, which I see is, is regardless of which way your marriage ends up going depending because of the choices that you can't control, you can still be a whole person and and that could make all the difference. Um, I know that as, as a regular guest, you don't have necessarily like an Instagram profile or something, but I do know that you created, um, a, is it a booklet? Oh no, a workbook for us. Um, can, so tell us where we can go to get that for the people who are ready to get a little bit more help with this. So you could go to www.zachspafford.com dot com forward slash four wives, four wives. Yeah. And I think we should say your husband, Zach is in this field now too. He's, he's used his year, years in, um, recovery and working on himself to then help others going through this. But what I love about this is this is a wife's point of view and, and, uh, also the connection to personal development that we have so strongly here is, you know, really, uh, queuing into your identity and being yeah. a whole person to help heal. Okay. Darcy, this was incredible. I'm really grateful that you pitched to be on the show and I loved every minute of it. And I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's great. I hope that episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. Let's go through the progress pointers from this episode. This is where I share the notes I took so you don't have to take them and with hopes that they inspire you to go and do something with what you learned today. Number one, You might feel you are alone, but you are not. Two, codependency and controlling the problem will not lead to reconnection. Three, addiction can be a powerless paradigm. 
Four, decide what you want and do it from a place of love. Five, stop trying to control your spouse's behavior. Focus on your own. Six, take time for yourself and own your own happiness. Seven, it's so much easier to love someone else when you love yourself. Eight, move towards a place of empathy. Start by looking at your own struggles. Nine, allow your spouse to have and experience emotions. 10, porn use is a symptom of greater problem and a deeper pain. And 11, be patient with yourself and your spouse. Reconnection takes time to develop. If you want easy access to these progress pointers and every single time we have an interviewee, go to aboutprogress.com forward slash go-getter to sign up for our weekly go-getter newsletter. And that's where you get a personalized message from me that is nowhere else. And it's usually like off the cuff and really from the heart, as well as that week's progress pointers in a graphic form. So you can put it as wallpaper on your phone or print it off or collect them. Again, that's aboutprogress.com forward slash go-getter. Thank you, Darcy, for being on the show. Isn't it so fun to hear from fellow progressors, like normal everyday women who are going through incredible things and have a wealth of information to share with us? I love hearing from each of you who have applied to be on the show for these special episodes. If this episode was helpful for you, reminder is to share the show and Remember the next six weeks when you share the show, when you subscribe, when you leave a review, even if it's done privately, you can be entered into daily giveaways. And then at the end of our four-year anniversary mark, this is mid-November, we are going to do a big three-winner giveaway for those who leave ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and iTunes specifically. But there's still so many other ways for you to submit um, into this giveaway, the daily giveaway especially, even if you leave your views on a podcast app that is different than Apple Podcasts. To find out more information on that, go to aboutprogress.com forward slash 300 giveaway. It means so much to me that this show is at this point. I remember years ago looking at episodes that were, were well into the 200s and the fact that we are now almost at our 300 limit and going on from there, it blows my mind. And I credit you. I credit this community for keeping me going, for keeping us going and making this a collective group effort to, to learn together and to grow together. And I hope you know how much that means to me. I'm really grateful that you are here. Keep growing and remember life is about progress, not perfection. Perfection.